Travion Keenan has officially retired from football, and the Gamecocks are now down to one scholarship tight end. And while that's certainly not a good situation, it's not the biggest story in this entire ordeal. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show of Locked On Gamecocks is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines on your favorite South Carolina Gamecocks sports teams. I'm your host, Andrew Lyon, and as always, Thank you all for making the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen here today. We are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast daily. And what a week it has been from guys entering the transfer portal to rumblings of potentially a tight end coach out of Arkansas becoming South Carolina's new offensive coordinator, which at this point has not been finalized. There has been a lot of news to digest for Gamecock fans this week. But one of the bigger storylines this week has been South Carolina's tight end room, which is now practically desolate compared to what it looked like when the Gamecocks last took the field against the Clemson Tigers. And it got even thinner on Thursday afternoon as tight end Travion Keenan announced that he was officially retiring from the game of football in a post that he put out on Twitter. Now, some of you know who Travion Keenan is and were maybe excited about the possibilities of the kind of impact that he could make for this team in 2023. Some of you may barely recall who Travion Keenan is just for the sole fact that he did not play as much in 2022 with guys like Jaheim Bell, Austin Stogner, Nate Atkins all in front of him. But the important thing in this entire regard is that Travion Keenan retiring is definitely a story. But it is not the biggest story with this entire sequence of events. Now, for those of you who've maybe been living under a rock throughout this week, South Carolina has seen multiple defections from this tight end room, which started off on Monday when Austin Stogner and Jaheim Bell both entered the transfer portal. Stogner is now going back home to Oklahoma. Jaheim Bell seems to pretty much be all but gone at this point as he is heavily looking at Florida State based on the latest rumblings coming out of his recruitment. And now Dravion Keenan is leaving the team and it seems like is done playing football. So when taking all of this into account, what does this do for South Carolina's tight end room entering the Gator Bowl? Well, South Carolina is now officially down to just one scholarship tight end in Nate Atkins with either part-time or walk-on players filling in the void behind him with guys like Wyatt Campbell, who is literally part offensive lineman, part tight end. You've got Jesse Sanders back there as well, Dave Adams, and Xavier Short, with all three of those guys seeing minimal, if any, experience in their college football careers here at South Carolina up to this point. So, with that bearing in mind, how does this affect South Carolina's offensive game plan? Because, Here's the thing. Some of y'all may be sitting there and think, well, Andrew, we're talking about the tight end position here. And while, yes, it's not good to have just one scholarship player 
there's no way that it could have that much an effect on what South Carolina might do against Notre Dame on December 30th in the Gator Bowl. I would disagree with that notion, and here is why. For the majority of this season, in South Carolina's running game in particular, the Gamecocks have used the tight ends heavily in a lot of these plays. Plays like power, counter, some inside zone splits with the tight end going from one side of the offensive line to the other to perform a kickout block. And in the last couple of weeks, leaving some tight ends back there with the rest of the offensive line and Spencer Rattler to have some six, seven, and at times even eight-man protections for him to give him some time to be able to complete a pass down the field. The tight end position, while it may have not been utilized in the best fashion in 2022, make no mistake about it, South Carolina's tight end room has been pivotal with this offense, especially with some of the pro-style concepts that Marcus Satterfield tried to implement with this scheme for the last two years. Now, the thing I want to really focus on here is the run game. Because, in my opinion, since South Carolina is now not going to have any scholarship tight ends besides Nate Atkins available for this bowl game, it's going to greatly limit how many run plays they're going to be able to call. Because Marshawn Lloyd, who got hurt in the Missouri game and didn't play another snap all the way up until the Clemson game, where he was obviously still feeling the effects of that deep thigh bruise, you combine that with Christian Bill Smith having a lower body injury with his ankle that he's been dealing with all season long, then yeah, South Carolina, they're not going to have a whole lot of options in terms of maybe the run plays that they're going to be able to call. So my whole point here is that Spencer Rattler is now going to have to carry a heavier load while the offensive coaching staff and whoever the interim play caller is going to be, they're going to have to get more creative now with trying to protect Spencer Rattler, which probably means this. You'll probably see much more shotgun in this game. You'll probably see more of a horizontal, quick passing game to try to fill in the gap of maybe the lack of running plays that are called. You'll probably see some more bootleg and rollout pass concepts utilized, again, to get Spencer Rattler moving out of the pocket to a different part of the field behind the line of scrimmage to give him some more time. So basically what I'm saying is South Carolina should not completely give up on the run game. And they should still give Lloyd a fair shot to try and get something going against the Fighting Irish's defense. But realistically, with the situation South Carolina is in now with this tight end room, that is going to be very difficult to accomplish. Now, that's just, of course, talking about the Gator Bowl. But how does this affect South Carolina in 2023 and beyond regarding these defections that the tight end room has seen in recent days? And that's not even including the fact that Nate Atkins is going to be out of eligibility after the Gator Bowl. So needless to say, the Gamecocks are going to have to hit the transfer portal hard this offseason. They were already going to have to do that with some other spots. The tight end room is now probably priority 1A in this regard. They're going to have to get two, maybe even three transfer portal tight ends to offset these losses. Some targets that they should probably go after. Obviously, they got C.J. Dupree from Maryland, who is going to take a visit to South Carolina at some point in the next week or so. I think that they should go ahead and contact Rivaldo Fairweather from Florida International, who is seemingly one of the most highly rated transfer portal targets on the tight end list by multiple recruiting service websites. Also, Jake Beck from LSU. I think you give him a call as well because he's a guy that has shown the ability to be productive at the SEC level. Now, 
in terms of high school recruiting, if South Carolina still goes through with this hire with Dow Loggins, which again, at this point, has not been finalized yet, but if that hire does indeed happen, then you need to go contact the tight end commitments that he recruited to Arkansas. They're currently committed for the 2023 class. So that includes Luke Haas, Shamar Easter, and Jaden Ham. Does not matter which two or three guys you go after, call all three of them, try to get one of those guys. If Dow Loggins does end up coming to South Carolina, because that would be one thing that he would bring immediate help in, would be bringing in some guys that could immediately play some snaps at the tight end position in South Carolina's offense. And guys that would be familiar with the offensive coordinator in that hypothetical scenario. So needless to say... Travion Keenan retiring from football again. Wish him all the best. I certainly hope it's nothing medical because obviously if that's the case, he needs to take care of himself first and foremost. That is what matters the most at the end of the day. But this is certainly going to bring massive problems for South Carolina in terms of game planning for the Gator Bowl against Notre Dame. There's just no getting around that fact. And it's not just going to be the fact that there will be very few scholarship tight ends. It will be how it affects everything else. That's going to be the biggest thing to watch when looking at South Carolina's offensive game plan and play calling subsequently when they play Notre Dame later this month. Now, while South Carolina might be losing tight ends at quite an alarming rate right now, they are back in the race, it seems like, for an important wide receiver prospect from the 2024 recruiting class. A prospect named Mazio Bennett, who we've talked about before on this show. And we're going to discuss what he did last night that signals that South Carolina may have that door opening back up once again in just a few moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. But before we do that, I do want to let y'all know that today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Now, obviously, you know, this week was the first week in many weeks that South Carolina actually got some bad news. And obviously, I just mentioned all the guys that have left the tight end room and how Nate Atkins is going to be the only scholarship tight end for South Carolina heading into the Gator Bowl. And while obviously that's not a great situation, look at it this way. You could be Kentucky. Kentucky, of course, was projected by many to be potentially an SEC East title contender. They wound up going 7-5. and five. And because they went 7-5, and five, they're going to be playing Iowa now in the Music City Bowl. And to top it all off, Will Levis and Chris Rodriguez Jr., they're both out. Their offensive coordinator... They ran him out of town as well. The over-under for the Kentucky-Iowa game, get ready for this, is 31 points. Now, I am not a really big gambler. I'll just go ahead and admit that up front. I have never in my life seen an over-under right around 30 points for a college football game. I've never seen that. I've seen like 35. I've seen 37 and a half. I've never seen 31. And the crazy thing is, this might drop down lower below 30 points. So get in on that while you have the chance. You can also get the latest odds and trends for all the professional and amateur sports leagues that are out there on Bet Online. If you love sports podcasts, then you can find those at Bet Online as well because they're the easiest way to get your betting fix. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more because Bet Online is where the game starts. Welcome back to this Friday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single 
day. I want to thank you all once again for making Lockdown Gamecocks your first listen here today. Now, for your next listen or watch, I would like for you to go check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, where the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day all take place. The Lockdown Sports Today podcast is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. All right. Now, as I mentioned before we went into the break, there was some big news coming out of the 2024 recruiting cycle regarding South Carolina and a fellow SEC East opponent in the Tennessee Volunteers. As Maceo Bennett announced on Twitter that he was officially decommitting from Josh Heupel's Tennessee Volunteers. Now, obviously, this is a big deal for South Carolina for those of you who have followed his recruitment, for those of you who maybe haven't kept up with this recruitment as much, maybe you have forgotten about Maceo Bennett. Let me just recap and remind y'all the importance of this recruitment real quick. Maceo Bennett for the 2024 class, he's considered to be the third best prospect in this state behind offensive tackles Cam Pringle and Josiah Thompson. And the other thing is, he plays the wide receiver position, which... South Carolina, as I've mentioned before on this show, in terms of high school recruiting, they have got to do better in this area. Now, obviously, with sort of the offensive scheme and the offensive showings that they've had for the majority of Shane Boomer's first two years here, that has scared off some pretty solid wide receiver prospects. So when you look at a recruitment like this, there's no getting around it. This is one that you have to win. It's within your state borders. You're going up against a bunch of SEC opponents here to try and get his signature. And you're trying to keep all this talent in state because that's how you went on the run when Steve Spurrier was the head coach here. And it is a way in which you could get back to those levels once again. Now, what was the reason for Mazio Bennett decommitting from Tennessee? Well, he did an interview with On3's director of recruiting, Chad Simmons, sometime before he officially announced his decommitment. And in the interview, this is what he had to say to Chad Simmons. With the loss of the offensive coordinator, I want to see Tennessee still function at that high level. And this is in reference to the fact that Tennessee's offensive coordinator, Alex Golish, has officially left to become the new head coach at South Florida, a job that opened up earlier in the season when Jeff Scott was officially fired from his duties down there in the Sunshine State. Now, Alex Golish, of course, is not the sole mastermind of Tennessee's offense, but it's pretty clear that he plays a big part, apparently, in maybe the game planning and also some of the play calling on game day. Now, the thing that really caught my attention with this article was this specific quote from Maceo Bennett that followed up the aforementioned one, where he said, once this happened, some questions need to be answered about the program going forward for me and my family to stay committed. Now, look, I don't try to speculate too much on this show. I I try to at least stray away from that as much as possible. But I have to say, with the kind of language that's involved in that kind of answer, the way you could interpret the tone of that answer, that almost makes me wonder Was there some broken promises here? Is this part of the reason why Maceo Bennett decommitted? Maybe there was a promise that Alex Golish was going to stay at Tennessee for a few years. Maybe he was going to be there the majority of the time that Maceo Bennett was going to be playing there. And that was one of the big draws for him. And then Alex Golish, of course, upping and leaving, going to South Florida. Now he's sitting there like, 
what the heck? What happened to the original plan? I thought that he was going to be here. I thought that y'all were going to keep this thing rolling. That you and Josh Heupel were going to be sticking together through this whole ordeal of trying to get the volunteers back to national prominence. So, obviously, you know, again, that's completely speculative there. But based on his answer here, it doesn't seem like it was just Alex Golish leaving that caused him to decommit from Tennessee. Now, the other thing is, of course, he might have a change of heart regarding South Carolina to a certain extent. Obviously, South Carolina's recent performances at the end of the 2022 season have bode pretty well for them on the recruiting trails. You're seeing Shane Beamer and a bunch of these assistant coaches going out on Twitter saying, everybody's talking about us. Literally every state we're going to, everyone knows what this team has accomplished and done over the last few weeks, which is, of course, great to see because that means that this team's getting more national exposure, which is what you need to do in order to draw some more talent from different areas and build that brand of yours. Another thing that may have helped South Carolina is Marcus Satterfield subsequently leaving. And again, this is not to try to continue to pile on him. And obviously, I know some of y'all probably just want to move on completely from that topic, but we got to face facts. The offensive performances, for the most part, under Marcus Satterfield were not promising for recruits like Maceo Bennett. And there's no question that it probably held guys like him back or has held guys like him back from being more interested in South Carolina. Not to mention the fact He's a Greenville, South Carolina native, so you know that he's got friends and family up there that are saying, hey, look, um, we, we know that you really like Knoxville. We know that you, you actually like to hear Rocky Top more than a dozen times a day, but, you know, this is your home state. You, you know, I mean, that's going to be a long travel. That's a lot of traveling for your friends and family to have to come see. You know that people are in his ear saying that. And you also know that Shane Beamer and the staff have not slowed down at all in terms of recruiting him. And there's even been some other South Carolina recruits or commits who have been staying in his ear. Dante Reno, the biggest one. Look, I know he's a high school kid. I know that South Carolina technically can't pay him and all that right now because it'd probably be in violation of some NCAA rules. But I'm just saying, Dante Reno, I mean, he deserves some kind of award for the amount of effort that he puts into recruiting some of these guys on Twitter. Now, because all this has now taken place, Maceo Bennett has decommitted from Tennessee. He's reopened his recruitment. What is a possible timeline, or what could we expect with his next decision? Well, Maziel Bennett did offer up this last answer in his interview that he did with On3's Chad Simmons, where he said, quote, I plan on really taking my time with my commitment, because I will not be decommitting again. The next school I choose will be my home, so I'm doing my due diligence. So, this signifies a couple things. One, Maisel Bennett, as he mentioned, obviously, seems like he is not going to just commit on an emotional response this time. And I'm not saying that that's why Tennessee got him in the first place. It obviously seems like he really likes them. But maybe he sat down and thought about it and said, you know, I am a 2024 recruit. I don't have to make my decision right here and now. I can take some time to do some more research. And the other thing is, it's clear he's wide open. He is wide open with this recruitment, which bodes well for South Carolina. So if you're South Carolina, you stay after him. You do not let up. You put the full court press on him. You get him back on campus a couple times. Most importantly, get a hire in here that is going to show some progress on the offensive side of the ball this next season. No matter who it is at this point, get someone that's going to improve that side of the ball. Give him reason to want to come to Columbia. That is what you got to do with your South Carolina. You're back in this thing, and that's a great sign. 
but it's only half the battle. Now, you've got to win the rest of the battle. And that all starts this offseason with who you hired offensive coordinator and how many times you get him on campus and how much attention you show him and the progress you then show in 2023 with Mazio Bennett. So definitely recruitment that you're going to want to keep an eye on from this moment forward. Now, when going back to the Gator Bowl and looking at some of the players who have opted out of this contest for both sides, South Carolina, for example, is not going to have to face Notre Dame star tight end in Michael Mayer. And now they will not have to face one of the Fighting Irish's best defensive players. As on Thursday afternoon, Notre Dame defensive lineman Isaiah Foskey declared for the NFL draft and said that he was opting out of Notre Dame's final game for the 2022 season. Now, in terms of an overall player, what would Isaiah Foskey have brought to the field? Well, based on some of the highlights that I watched of him earlier today, this is a guy that could play on both sides of a defensive formation. And the thing that was really impressive was just how much he used his length with his arms and his hands by being active in order to give himself better opportunities to both condense the pocket and shed blocks to get to the quarterback. Now, what does this mean for South Carolina? Simply put, well, pass protection on the edge, particularly the left side of the offensive line, which has been inconsistent at best, quite honestly, in 2022, is now going to be a little bit easier because the thing is, Isaiah Foskey's loss is going to be extremely detrimental to Notre Dame's front seven, as no other Notre Dame defender has more than three sacks in 2022. Foskey had 11 sacks by himself. So needless to say, things just got a little bit easier for Ja'Kai Moore or Jalen Nichols, whoever's going to be starting at left tackle for the bowl game, and of course Dylan Wonham at right tackle. And it really helps South Carolina because of the fact that, again, you only have one scholarship tight end now that's going to be playing in this bowl game in Nate Atkins. So if Isaiah Foskey had been playing, then that really would have put South Carolina's offensive coaching staff in a bind in terms of, you know, do they try to chip him with Nate Atkins being on that side of the ball? Do they keep Nate Atkins as an H-back for the majority of the time and just sacrifice him, you know, not going out for some routes and potentially make an impact in the passing game? What is it that they do in that regard? That would have been another real conundrum for the staff that now they're not going to have to deal with because Isaiah Foskey will not be playing in this game. So something that I caught on Thursday afternoon, there may be a couple of the guys who decide that they're not going to play in this game for either team. And of course, we'll probably hear about that in the coming days. So be sure to stay tuned in to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast for all of that information as it comes out, because that's going to do it for today's show. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed this edition of Locked On Gamecocks. What are your thoughts on South Carolina's depleted tight end room and the situation now that is going to create for Shane Beamer, this offensive coaching staff, and Spencer Rattler when this game arrives? What are your thoughts on Mazio Bennett decommitting from Tennessee? How much of a shot do you give South Carolina to now get him back in that recruitment? And also, Isaiah Foskey not playing in the Gator Bowl. 
How do you think that impacts South Carolina's offensive front in terms of maybe what they could do from a strategy standpoint? Let me know your thoughts down below in the comments section if you're watching today's show on YouTube or shoot me a message at a line underscore SC on Twitter if you're listening to today's show on an audio podcast app. And once again, thank y'all for making Locked On Gamecocks your first listen. Be sure to go make Locked On Sports today your second listen but again that does it for me on today's show i hope you all have a great rest of your friday and a fantastic weekend and i'll catch y'all on the next show of the locked on gamecocks podcast